Welcome to the Weiss Wednesday podcast, a production of the Michigan Chapter of Women in Emergency Services, the heartbeat of the EMS industry through the inspiring stories of women. Join our host, Andrea Abbas, as she explores the unique experiences, challenges, and triumphs of female EMS professionals. Let's dive into the untold stories that shape the future of emergency medical services in Michigan. Welcome to episode two of Identifying Your Personal Brand. Is it your friend or foe? Women in Emergency Medical Services supports and advances women's careers in the EMS industry. From field providers to national leadership through our four pillars, empowerment, networking, mentorship, and education. Today, we'll be bringing you insights into what personal branding is, why branding matters, and how to cultivate your own personal brand. Now let's get into it. Today, joining me on the podcast episode is WE's Mentorship Chair, Katie Arns. She is the Vice President of Customer Access with Life EMS. Welcome, Katie. Thanks, Andrea. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. We've been doing introductions and we haven't gotten a chance to talk to you yet, Katie. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. So again, thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm super excited to be here and be a part of this amazing groundbreaking organization. First and foremost, I have to just say I'm a mom of two young women, so it's close to my heart at home as well. And my husband and I, we're really working to try to thrive through these teenage years. So we haven't found our groove yet, but we'll get there. At work, I've been in healthcare now for 18 years, which is crazy to say out loud, but 18 years. And 15 of those, I've actually been now in EMS. And the time has just flown by, especially being in EMS in the last five years specifically. So my professional role is as Vice President of Customer Access at Life EMS Ambulance here in Western Michigan, where I have the privilege to oversee our 911 dispatch, revenue cycle, quality, and mobile health solutions for the 10 counties we cover. We offer emergency, non-emergency, mobility, and behavioral health transportation. Outside of work, I am also the vice chair for the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services Reimbursement Committee, chair of the data task force for the American Ambulance Association, as well as a cost education faculty member for AAA and a founding advisor for WISE at the national level as well. When you say all that out loud, no wonder I'm tired all the time. I wouldn't honestly change anything. Yeah, what an just amazing rundown of experiences in the industry. I love it. So can you tell me a little bit more or tell us a little bit more about what your why is behind joining Women in Emergency Services? Yeah, I joined WISE because I really did feel a personal connection to their pillars, specifically empowerment, networking, mentorship, and education. I've really grown up, if that's a real thing, in EMS and did feel that there was a gap in the support and resources that I needed to help me really get to my full potential and achieve fulfillment or what I consider fulfillment in my own career. I had to do a lot of searching and networking and scavenging on my own. And not everyone really knows where to start or how to do that. So having a resource like WISE available for our professionals They're already working crazy hours and schedules on top of just trying to maintain their own sanity and live a life is just so important for them to have that easier access. Love it. Yes. So we're going to be talking today about personal branding. I wanted to ask you some questions about what branding is, how we can get there, because I think often people confuse a personal brand 
with a reputation. So Katie, what is the difference between a person's brand and a person's reputation? I think that's it's really a great question. And I think first we have to understand what is a personal brand. So to me, your personal brand is the image you are reflecting to others. It's what you're projecting. So either through your words, your actions, your intentions, your image, or your online presence, when you walk into a room, it's really what others are going to see or view. Now, the reputation piece is what do they say after you leave that room? Mm. It's the other party's opinion of me and the story that I'm trying to tell. But then what do they turn around and tell others based on their own perception of my brand? Excellent. Yeah. You've got my wheels spinning over here. So how can one be more intentional with their personal branding? Awareness. I think sometimes it's really hard to look in the mirror, especially when you're having interactions with folks or maybe you leave the room and you hear something that's said about you that you don't necessarily agree with. I think it's taking the next step to look in the mirror and put yourself in their shoes to see or maybe feel what your brand or your presence may have reflected to them in that moment. Excellent. When it comes to being aware, what if you're one of those folks that you want to develop this really great personal brand, but you don't quite know how you're perceived by others. You know, you don't understand what people see you as, as a brand. Do you have any recommendations on how to gather further insight so you can be very intentional in the way you're creating your own brand? Yeah, I think you need to ask folks, ask your partner. You spend a lot of time with your shift partner and just sit them down and ask, you know, what do you think my brand is? And I've done this in the past. I've actually asked my children, what do you think my brand is? And I've asked my cohorts and those who actually report to me as well. And the biggest thing there for me was to make sure I was aligned at home with my brand that I was also projecting at work. Because if you're not being authentic and living your brand wholeheartedly in all aspects of your life, you're not really living your true brand. You're not really living to that full potential. So I think it's just being okay with getting uncomfortable with getting actual real feedback from folks as to when I walk in a room, how do I make you feel? When I leave the room, do you know that I'm going to act on my promises? You know, and I think that's key is being having an open ear and having an open heart to really understand how is your brand today? What do you want your brand to actually be? And then how can you use your brand to your advantage? Yeah. And I'm hearing kind of in between the lines there, you're really talking a little bit about integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Are you showing up and are you keeping your promises? Because that will not only affect your reputation, but also your brand. And the other thing I love that you mentioned is living your brand. So people can, especially in our industry, I feel like we have really good BS meters where we can Mm -hmm. pick up on that stuff really quickly, right? So if someone's not actually living into their brand, it becomes apparent over time. You start to see those cracks beneath the surface. Yeah, we're naturally built in our industry to assess everything, right? right? Yeah. And so I think that's a great point. And in our industry specifically, you're being assessed by your peers, especially if you're in a leadership role, you're on stage all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you're not going to have a bad day, but I think it's being aware that you are having a bad day and being able to to tell anyone that witnessed you in that moment, hey, that's not who I want to be. And next time I'm going to try and do better. Yeah. And that speaks to, I'm hearing humility there, you know, having the humility to say, hey, I didn't have a good day or I didn't respond the way I really wanted to respond in that moment. So great points. 
So my next question for you, kind of playing off what we just talked about, is what is your personal brand? You know, I it's interesting because I don't like to boast about things, right? Nobody naturally wants to boast about their, you know, what they're really good at. I think for me, it's really about establishing not only just a personal brand, but my really my personal mission statement. For me, my personal brand as a healthcare executive is to really aim to improve patient outcomes by adhering to my values. And my values consist of respect, collaboration, encouragement, and innovation. I would be dishonest to say that I didn't think my brand was something else previously. And being a female in a very prevalent, technically male profession, although I will say the tables are starting to turn a bit there, I did feel in the beginning like I had to maybe shift my brand or shift not necessarily my values, but more so how I was projecting myself to maybe gain more buy-in or maybe gain more camaraderie, right? I had to really step back and really recalibrate my brand and shift my focus on who do I want to be? What am I good at naturally? Where are there opportunities where I'm not as well, you know, I don't have as much skill. Can I improve those skills to make them a part of my brand? And if not, I got to just let it go, right? I would use the analogy of it's really uncomfortable if you try to walk a mile in a shoe that doesn't fit. So if I'm trying to move forward in a shoe that's too small or too big, I'm not going to get very far. So I have to make sure that I am putting on the shoe's that fit me, that is what it is. And I know that if I stick to that authenticity and I stick to those values and I stick to the skills that I'm good at and recognize where there's opportunity to improve, I've just found that I'm way more fulfilled, happier, and more successful in the end. Boy, there's so much goodness in all of that. So I've heard you give some great advice. So getting clear on what your values are, What your mission is, that clarity is an absolute necessity to develop your personal brand. And then I love your shoe analogy. So I could visually see that, you know, trying to walk in shoes that are too small or too big. And something that came up for me is also being aware when someone gives you a shoe that's too small or too Mm -hmm. big, right? Because you might be working for the wrong people or in the wrong role and you have to say small or you're in a role that you're just totally out of your wheelhouse in and the shoe is too big. So understanding that and having that self-awareness to go, hey, the shoe is too small, the shoe is too big. I've got to find the right fit. And that to me sounds like a leadership journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's recognizing that when you've got the wrong size shoe on, it's not helping you. It's not helping anyone else, right? You're essentially, if, if you can't keep up with everyone else because you're falling behind, they're also falling behind. You're pulling and keeping them back too. So it is a team effort. And I think that comes with the awareness too of how you're reflecting your brand and, and how your brand is impacting everyone else. And it's not to say that everyone has to necessarily accept your brand, but if you're clear on what it is, you know, and you're clear on what the expectations are, and you're clear again, your skills and your weaknesses, and you're communicating that, it's just going to be such a better experience for all parties and something that we haven't really mentioned yet, social media. Social media is a big part of our personal brand. How are we advertising ourselves every day, either on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and all of that plays a part in your brand. So if you're living your brand 
in one way at work, but then you're friends with somebody you work with and they're seeing your social media posts and you may not be living that same brand at home, mm. your brand is no longer you know, validated to them. They don't know who you are. They're now conflicted. Yeah. Do I actually know this person? It's just so important to recognize that in this media world we're in, there's a lot of good, but we have to make sure everything we're projecting is aligned with who we want to be. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like you're preaching to the choir because I'm pretty, I think, out there on social media and I create a lot of content. And that's always in the back of my mind. And when I was younger and I got started early on, I'd have to say I probably wasn't as self-aware. I wasn't far enough along on my leadership journey. And so there's a lot to think about there. One of the things that I see often too with folks is there are folks in the industry that have a really well-developed out there brand, right? Where you know them, you see them, you've worked with them, you understand them. And so when they publish content, it's just no surprise and maybe you enjoy it or you don't, whatever it may be. But then there's also another side that I see with folks that choose not to have any kind of branding. They are living that quiet life. They move very quietly. You don't see anything about them, or maybe they don't even have social media profiles. So I always find that dichotomy really interesting because you meet people that are kind of on both ends of the spectrum and then people that balance that spectrum. So any thoughts on on not being out there, on not really developing a brand on social and in a more national communicative way, are there advantages or disadvantages to just simply not being out there, period, except in your community? I think it, again, comes back to understanding who are you, where are you, and where do you want to be? You know, and who are the stakeholders that are going to influence where you go? So if you're trying to achieve more professional growth or networking, or you're trying to move up the ladder, so to say, if you don't have, you're not maybe using all the resources and tools at your disposal, like social media to tell your brand, tell your story, because you're going to get a greater reach, right? Using those tools. So it's really up to the individual on, again, What are they trying to achieve that's going to make them feel fulfilled in their career? And for me, for instance, I don't have a public Facebook page. I don't have a public Instagram page. You know, I am very active on LinkedIn and I have made that choice because to me, I still want to keep my private life, my private life. And Mm -hmm. because there's just so much that we share nowadays that I like having just that for myself and my family. And that's a personal choice. And I know that that is going to create barriers for me and my professional growth because I get people all the time that want to friend request me. Oh, yeah. And... I'm very particular about that and what I share even on Facebook and Instagram, because to me, it's more personal. And my kids being at the age that they're at as well, it's interesting because like my daughter is 16 and she doesn't really want me to share anything about her, even to family on Instagram and Facebook. And so I have to recognize that I need to also abide by their wishes and respect that. And I just don't want to mix the two. So for me personally, I rely on LinkedIn, but I've also through the years have tried to figure out what is my brand? What is the presence I want to have on LinkedIn? And I think it continues to evolve, right? We're not meant to just like put our roots down and never grow, right? Trees drop seeds for a reason. And so I think... For me, I know that my brand on LinkedIn will probably continue to evolve and that's okay as long as it's staying within my values and my goals that I've set for myself. Wonderful. Yeah. 
That's great advice. I love that you're living within your value system when it comes to social. I'm sure a lot of folks listening are starting to kind of take inventory on on their alignment. So with that, are there any podcasts, books, or other resources you would recommend for others to learn about this subject, about branding, and even maybe some reputation resources? So I think one of the great things about the internet is the free education that it offers to us. You know, a lot of people will say, I don't have the money to go to conferences. I don't have the funds to do workshops or take classes. That's really, I think, in my mind, just there's no excuse because the opportunities are endless. And the resources that podcasts offer, free Audible books, YouTube has some great videos. But for me, I think, first off, if you're not really sure what is your personal brand, I think you need to understand innately how you're built and what drives you. What is your passion? And then from your passion, what values do you exhibit naturally? And what values do you feel are most important? And I think a lot of people will say, what are your values? And they'll give you like a list of 20. Okay. But I really do feel deeply that most people have three values that are typically at their core. And their values are made from experiences in the past too, right? We all have experiences that have kind of molded us into who we are today. And the values will show through that as well. You know, I love to listen to podcasts and audible books. I spend a lot of time in the car and that's really my opportunity for just professional and personal development. But I love anything that's by Ken Coleman. He's got a great podcast show and it's quick you know, 30 minutes. I also love Trish Blackwell. She's actually a confidence coach. And I follow her on LinkedIn and also follow her podcast as well. Because I think something we haven't mentioned yet, when you find your brand, you have to be comfortable with living it. And that takes a lot of confidence in yourself. It also really opens up the opportunity for criticism. And you have to know how to handle that in a positive and constructive manner. So having those resources, those podcasters, those are two for me personally that I really enjoy. And then anything that's Brene Brown, because she is very uplifting and encouraging. And I would say her material is most aligned with my values and my brand. Okay. Those are some good ones. So you just reminded me when Oprah was really big, I used to say, I want to be the Oprah of EMS in some way, shape or form. You know, those were my big aspirations. So Ken Coleman... And you said Trish Blackman, right? Did I get Trish that right? Blackwell. Oh, Blackwell. Thank you. Yeah. And then Brene Brown are some recommendations there. Wonderful. If there's nothing further, I think we can transition into our conclusion for today. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us on this episode number two. As you all know, Katie is part of our Michigan chapter leadership, and you will be seeing Katie again. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Women in Emergency Medical Services the Michigan Chapter Podcast. To join WEEZ as a member, you can find us at womeninemergencyservices.org. That again is womeninemergencyservices.org. Membership with WEEZ offers mentorship, networking opportunities, career development resources, an exclusive online community, educational opportunities, and member events. Student and organizational discounts are available. To learn more about the Michigan Women in EMS chapter, you can reach out to Lori Thiel at L-Thiel, T-H-I-E-L, at mobilemedical.org. To catch the next podcast episode, you can subscribe to 
the Michigan Women in EMS chapter podcast at Maz, so M-A-A-S, monthly, period, buzzsprout.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We do have a Women in Emergency Services page on each of those platforms. And on our next episode, I sit down to talk to Betsy McDavid about EMS and the importance of lifelong learning. Betsy is our WEAS chapter networking chair and quality improvement supervisor for Emergent Health Partners, and she's mainly in that Jackson Community Ambulance Division. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for joining us. 